1: check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you
2: listen to your favorite podcasts. What are the three key fantasy football questions surrounding the 2023 New York Giants? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football.
0: You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: greetings everyone and welcome to another edition of the locked on fantasy football podcast as usual I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. We're going to continue our series here looking at the three key questions surrounding all 32 teams. We're starting with the NFC East. We broke down the Dallas Cowboys to kick things off a good place to start. Now we're going to look at the New York Giants with the Philadelphia Eagles on deck. So we're going in alphabetical order in this division. We'll finish the week with the Washington Commanders. So go through one whole division this week for you. So if you missed the Cowboy Show, that's up on our archives to check out. Today we'll focus on the Giants, a lot of key questions with them, including what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley. He's franchise tagged. Is he going to be there in camp? Is he going to hold out or hold in and make things a little bit more interesting with their backfield here in 2023? That's the number one question. We'll get to two more things here, looking at Daniel Jones and the receiving core as well over the course of the show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're free and available to you on all platforms that you would get your podcasts, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, let's dive right in. The number one question we have with Saquon Barkley And the Giants, uh, is he going to be in there and playing and happy with whatever deal he has? We're going to have to see that. The general manager, Joe Shane, has said that they're in talks with Saquon Barkley, but he hasn't talked to him in a while. Saquon refuses to play on a long-term deal. We've seen Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs kind of accept that franchise tag and are going to play through it here in 2023. But not Saquon. He wants that long-term deal. Giants, of course, are going to be careful because of his injury history. He's 26 years old. So they also want to not invest too much in him. But Barkley's looking for a high-end running back deal. We'll see if he can settle for a shorter-term one with guaranteed money. So it's uh, very dicey right now whether Saquon is going to come back in the fold and be happy about that or just uh, kind of uh, pout about the franchise tag and just look for free agency and a – Place to land elsewhere. I don't think the Giants really want to commit to him long term. Again, you can't blame them. He had one healthy season here rebounding. He's basically been good in his rookie year, then last year in the new offense. And from his perspective, you could say, look, I was vital to this new offense. We didn't have a lot in the passing game. And I kind of carried our team a little bit, helping. Daniel Jones settled in with the the new scheme of Mike Kafka and Brian Dable. I was effective as a receiver that you needed with the receiving core, not as uh, reliable here. So there's all kinds of ways that Saquon could justify his value to the team. But the bottom line is it's supply and demand and running back, especially his age as he turns a corner with a contract that he potentially would get with the Giants uh, would set him up for the downward part of his career, getting into the 29. 30 year old seasons here so that's why the giants are being cautious they probably don't want to give more than a two or three year deal at most saquon wants to be locked up with big guaranteed money so we'll see how this plays out it could go either way usually the market is explored a little bit uh, kicking the tires and realizing look this is the best way to go here he's still getting high-end money for one season all guaranteed and it'll probably work out but we got to explore the situation if it doesn't. Now look at Saquon from last year in half-point PPR. He was the RB6 in terms of overall scoring, average scoring per week. He was RB5, and that's where he's ranked right now, RB5. So everything lines up, and no one is panicking that Saquon is out of the mix here. This is where the expert consensus rankings lie with him. So we're going to take it and believe that Barkley won't do this because he'll lose a lot of money and. And that is also not good based on the franchise tag. I think he'll accept it here, but they do have until July to get that long term deal negotiated, or he'll just play on that franchise tag for one year or decide not to play at all and not sign that tender. So, a lot of things we're looking at with Barkley, but right now we'll assume he's playing. If he doesn't, uh, you look at Eric Gray, the rookie out of Oklahoma. I think it was definitely a sign when they drafted him that, look, they're not going to mess around with Barkley. They're confident that they have a good backup program here with Matt Breida, and what he was able to do last year wasn't spectacular, but Matt is a guy that has experience in this league. And now you had Eric Gray in the mix, a very explosive back out of Oklahoma, good receiving skills as well, so they would have someone to make up for that aspect. A Barkley Breida is not exactly best of the capacity is a little smaller change of pace back, but he's not going to give you that receiving pop that Eric Gray can. So that's why Barkley will be a little bit motivated, I think, to try to get into camp because they do have a replacement that they could just turn the table toward. And really, you look at this offensive line, it's pretty darn good. Andrew Thomas had a big year last year. You have Evan Neal, youngsters really holding up in the running game. So the Giants can also feel confident with the passing game, maybe being a little improved here the running of Daniel Jones supporting the running back that you're going to have some kind of top level production and you won't have too much of a drop off without Barkley here. Cause they'll find a way to run it with Brita and Gray. So really the giants have the leverage here. There's not much here with Barkley, so we'll see how it goes, but that would all indicate that he's going to be back in the mix, at least for one more year on the franchise tag, just play through it at the very worst scenario. If, it's the best scenario you would think he gets a two or three year deal where we don't have to worry about him in fantasy football for a while. And he'll be the guy in New York. As long as he's healthy, it doesn't break down here and slow down. So definitely a lot to watch there, but we still have confidence that the Giants are going to get it done. And that's where I think the industry stands right now with that situation. However, finishes up here with Barkley, he'll be in uniform and productive at a high level here in 2023, barring, more durability issue and injury. All right. There's a breakdown of the first key question for the Giants: Saquon Barkley and his status with his contract ahead of training camp here in 2023. We'll break down uh, Daniel Jones and his prospects to build on his breakout season in 2023, as well as looking at that messy wide receiver situation. Yeah, it still remains very messy trying to figure out any value that we can extract from that. So, We'll break that down in our final two segments. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever that's built. you got to try these. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't think they're good for you got to try these. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate every bar there. Wrapping up unbelievable flavors, including churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. Bill continues to amaze me in how they do this, but these bars all taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros. They're so healthy for you, packed with 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar only, so you get low sugar with that protein and only 130 calories per bar. So that's excellent as well. Now you don't need to wait to get a box of bars or puffs for years. We've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club. Well, you can still get your specialty flavors that come up from time to time at built.com. That's right. Head your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section. You can grab yourself a box of built bars. They have four bar boxes, cookies and cream and double chocolate bars or coconut and puffs. If you're close to Sam's club, you're in better luck because you'll get a 13-bar box with hit flavors including brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. So enjoy it uh, with the Built Bars. They're going to power you through the summer with the protein that you need every day and uh, with great candy bar taste covered in 100% real chocolate. So go get them at Built.com and now also at your Walmart or Sam's Club right around the corner.
0: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: It's time to continue the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football, and we're breaking down the key questions for the New York Giants in 2023. We talked about Saquon Barkley and what is going to happen with him and that contract here as we go into training camp. Now it's time to look at Daniel Jones and the breakout season. Let's uh, review that real quick. He had a QB nine finish, however you look at it, in terms of overall scoring and with his consistency average scoring there. So QB nine, definitely QB one starter in fantasy football, the top 12. He's ranked as the 12th quarterback. So he's the final QB one right now, according to expert consensus rankings on fantasy pros. His numbers from last year the past game, not much there, but three hundred. 3,205 yards, 300 would not be great, but 300-yard passing games were not to something that Daniel Jones was doing on a regular basis to get his numbers. 3,205 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, so not a lot to see there, but the big payoff, and look at how many fantasy points came from here, 708 rushing yards. So you get 70.8 points there, as well as seven touchdowns. So you got 70.8 plus those... Uh, Forty-two points for those touchdowns. So really, that's where his bread was buttered, and that's why Daniel Jones had the big breakout season with Brian Dable acting like Josh Allen as a running quarterback, and Mike Kafka not exactly lighting up like Patrick Mahomes, putting putting up a uh, twenty-two touchdowns, got him those numbers. So now, really, the question is: is his running floor going to be high enough? Because you look at the previous seasons, not a big rusher. I get it; it was before this offense came to light here but there were two seasons below 300 yards rushing he had one season above 400 yards rushing then it broke out to 708 now I think they want to focus on him getting the ball out quickly and I don't think they want to run him as much because he can have some durability issues we've seen in the past here and I think that's just how you want to progress with the quarterback anyway you want to be able to go with a downfield passing game and it's not like he's a burner i going to light it up here. That is a part of his game with his athleticism and they don't want to take that away, but I don't think they want him running as much as he has. So I think they'd be comfortable in the 500 rushing yards range with him. And the touchdowns we know are pretty volatile when it comes to scoring on the ground or scoring in general, but Daniel Jones, we're not sure he, if he can pop into the end zone seven times. Again, it's not like Jalen hurts is kind of a big power back and they run those plays at The goal line, Daniel Jones had those moments as well, but it's not exactly how the Giants want to draw things up with their passing game. And I think you'll see him get the ball up quickly, short or intermediate. He has Darren Waller now at tight end. He's got some guys who can make things happen after the catch. If they don't have Barkley to dump things off, they can go to Gray as a good receiver. So that's all you have to weigh. And then you have to also look at the quarterbacks ahead of him here. We know the big three in fantasy football, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. You got uh, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. So that's the top half, essentially, of the QB1s right there. Now, guys that push him down, Justin Herbert, you figure has bigger upside with the Calamore offense. Trevor Lawrence coming off a big year. He's going to build on that with Calvin Ridley. Dak Prescott should be in for an efficient rebound here with Brian Schottenheimer as he broke that down for the Cowboys. Tua Vola has better weapons. Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. When he plays a full season, he's usually a QB1. Then you have Geno Smith, finished as a QB1 last year. Jared Goff has appeal with all the weapons. Aaron Rodgers in a better situation with the Jets. You have Russell Wilson should also rebound. And Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback with rushing upside, if he can win the job in Indianapolis. So a lot of quarterbacks around Daniel Jones that not only feel like they have better – higher floors, but also some upside guys as well. So that's why it's really hard to believe in Daniel Jones giving him the same type of results in relation to the rest of the fantasy football quarterbacks here in 2023. So I'm downgrading Daniel Jones beyond that 12. I think three spots is kind of conservative. I think you can drop him down more into QB2 status. I'm not a bad QB2. If you're looking to play a stream or platoon situation, you can look at Jones and that arena and be okay with it, but I would not bang the table for him as a QB one with any kind of upside. I think he may have peaked last year with QB nine. I just don't see that uh, number duplicating here from last season here in 2023. And nobody else does either QB 12. I think again, that itself might be a little too generous with where we rank him with his production based on what we think he'll do versus other quarterbacks here this season. All right, we will explore his uh, receiving targets in our final segment here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. Every dayers. you know who you are. You check us out every time we put up a new show. Tomorrow, we will break down the Philadelphia Eagles, and their three key questions that they have with their quarterback running game and receiving core there. So we'll do that similarly to all the teams in the NFL. So check it out. Series has begun. We'll take you through the start of training camp here in 2023 for all 32 teams. Hi,
0: I'm Jake from Locked On. prices are based on rating plans that vary by state coverage options are selected by the customer availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state
2: all right it is time to close the show and break down the final question we have for the giants and simply who's the number one wide receiver on this team what are we going to do do we need to invest in a wide receiver on this team that's a, a maybe the bigger question here so Let's look at it with uh, where they finished last year. So overall, you had Darius Slayton, wide receiver 51. Richie James, wide receiver 52. Now, when you look at average points per game and half-point PPR, Sterling Shepard finished as wide receiver 39. Isaiah Hodgins as wide receiver 41. Now, you look at the, some notable guys, and when you look at Paris Campbell, win with Indianapolis, with wide receiver 58. Wondell Robinson listed as number one of their depth chart with the Giants. Wide receiver sixty six here. He was averaging sixty five when you look at the, his ranking. So right there, not a lot of points. Darius Slayton times per game get him down at seventy three. So you don't really have a lot of uh, upside here when you look at these receivers. So right now, the rankings are kind of uh, matching that. You have Mondo Robinson sixty five. Darius Slayton around seventy five. You have right there as well, Isaiah Hodgins at 76, and Jalen Hyatt, the rookie out of Tennessee at 79. So, wow. I mean, this is not good at all. So far down on the list, you're not even looking at a wide receiver five right now ranked for the Giants. That's not good. And this is a team that was pretty awful last year at this position. They have 127 vacated targets. Uh, If you look at it, though, 70 came from Richie James. You had Another twenty combined from Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. They ended up releasing Galladay. They traded Tony at midseason last year to the Chiefs. So these guys weren't even factors for the most part. Holiday didn't stay healthy. He was phased out of the offense. So, in comes Darren Waller in the trade with the Raiders. He is going to be good for at least a hundred targets if he's healthy. And you look at Daniel Bellinger had thirty-five targets at tight end as a giant rookie last year. So. It is ugly all the way through. So the answer is I'm not really interested in the Giants' wide receiver core all that much because I think there's a lot of a redundancy here because you look at Paris Campbell, a little bit like Wondell Robinson. You have Darius Slayton who can stretch the field, and we could have Jalen Hyatt do that as a rookie. You'll have Sterling Shepard is that reliable guy over the field, but Isaiah Hodgins, who scored right next to him, there. So I think we need a little bit of clarity in training camp to feel comfortable about anyone here. I think I would go after anyone. It's the youngsters. You look at Wondell Robinson and and Jalen Hyde. That's where I would feel good about here. I mean, Slayton does have the history of Daniel Jones, but it's up and down and he hasn't really done a lot in this new offense. You do have Sterling Shepard, Mr. Reliable, but he's a guy that just can't stay on the field. Hodgins, we've had a limited sample size with him producing again. It is rather crowded and not a good way, where we don't have anyone that stands out that's appealing in this receiving core. So it all comes down to this. I think Darren Waller is your best bet to produce anything reliable in fantasy football as a Giants receiver here in 2023. That's where it's headed for sure. I just don't see a lot here in this receiving core. I need a lot of questions answered, the pecking order, how they get these guys on the field, their usage exactly. It's kind of a mixed bag. And we know Mike Kafka has that history with the chiefs where they didn't invest a lot in wide receiver. They're all over the board there behind Tyreek Hill. We're not sure any of those guys here in New York can step up as Tyreek Hill. So it was basically Travis Kelsey who was the centerpiece. And I could see Kafka doing that again with Darren Waller and being a big part of what they do. And Brian Dable also is fine with that. He had Dawson Knox in a key role and there wasn't a lot a wide receiver beyond Stefan Diggs that was consistent with the Bills. So I think the Giants are just fine with that. Again, I would not invest in Giants wide receivers. Don't try to look for something that isn't there. It's just too uncertain here with who's going to get what role and a lot of interchangeability between these roles and not enough key vacated targets to feel that way with Waller stepping up in a big role here. as a go-to target all over the field for Daniel Jones. and That doesn't even include – getting the running backs involved, whether it's Barkley or Gray, doing the main part of the pass, catching out of the backfield. So it is not looking good again for these wide receivers. So don't force it. Don't force it. You're looking a lot at Waller, and this is lighting up well for a big rebound season. If Waller can stay healthy, he would have a lot of value here. So I don't know if Waller's going to help as much in reality, but fantasy-wise, he's in a really good position with Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka in this offense. So there you have it. There's a breakdown now of your giants and the key questions here for fantasy football in 2023 we'll do the same thing with the philadelphia eagles and washington commanders thanks again for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day every day is tomorrow the show again check it out with the eagles we'll break down that team and uh look we're going to get through all 32 teams so we'll break them down in depth for you to uh, really give you perspective on what we need to know going into training camp for locked on fantasy football this has been Billy iyer Have a great day, and we'll see you there tomorrow with a look at the Eagles.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.